You are listening to the Young Black Travelers Podcast, Black voices conversing on experiential travel, dedicated to creating a global community of travelers. Be bold, be inspired, be spontaneous. We are YBT. Listeners, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Young Black Travelers Podcast. Uh, my name is Asher Cunningham, and I am the founder of Young Black Travelers. And today, you know, I mean, I say this all the time in our podcast episode. We usually invite guests from around the world, you know, black faces who are traveling, who are living abroad, live in different places, or just traveling to those places. And I think today we have someone special. I think, you know, someone from the motherland, um, as I've said time and time again, we really want to connect a lot more to that region of the world because I know many of our listeners in America have a lot of questions. And we have a, a special guest joining us today from um Pretoria, Pretoria, South Africa. And I'm going to pass the mic over to him to have him introduce himself. The mic is yours. Hi, listeners. Uh, my name is Jovenji K, and I'm live from Pretoria, South Africa. <laughs> Jovenji, Jovenji is joining us live from South Africa. So for those of you who, um, you, you're probably just listening to us, uh, just know these videos are going to be published a little bit later on on our YouTube channel. Uh, we, we're starting this new thing and now we're, we're having videos that are going to be up. So you'll see the background, you know, the man has, <laughs> um, I see some, some skyscrapers or just a scenery behind you. It's a little bit dark <laughs> behind him. But he's outside sitting in South Africa. It is 2 p.m. in New York, and it is what time there in South Africa? It's 15 minutes past nine. It's yes, it's yes, it's also yeah. so we, we have that little time difference. So the nighttime <laughs> there while it is the afternoon here in New York. Um, that's cool. But Javinci, um, where are you from originally? Because I know you're not from South Africa. Because by the way, I follow Javinci. He is a content creator, and he'll tell you a little bit more about himself. But where are you from originally? Tell us a little bit about your country. Okay. So I'm originally born and raised in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, which Ooh. is in the eastern part of Africa, mm. next to Kenya, in Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi. Mm-hmm. So born and raised there, lived my whole life there. Moved in, in South Africa like six years ago. Mm. Moved in here for university and... Strangely, I've never left. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you, oh, wow, wow. Listen, 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 listen. Um, born in Tanzania. And, okay, I'm going to put a pin right there because do you guys, you, you say Tanzania, not Tanzania. So the problem with that is that I feel like I myself don't know what's the right word now. <laughs> Because I feel like when I talk to people, they expect me to say the right Tanzania. And I'm like, it's Tanzania. And they'll be like, it's Tanzania. And I'm like, okay, at this point, I don't know what it is. But trust me, if you write it, it's the right way. Tanzania. (laughs) No, listen, listen. I think your way is the right way. The right way is Tanzania. So if you've noticed on YBT, we, we are respectful of people's cultures and traditions. And so we've started, I think when I had my podcast episode out from my trip 
to Tanzania, it was a thing that we started to say Tanzania. So we're we're retraining our mind to say the right way, Tanzania, because you know, I think it was Turkey that just changed their name. And Turkey is very clear what they would like to be called. And I think a lot of times black nation and black people like we second guess what is right or wrong. Yeah. And most what I found when I got there, most of um, people in Tanzania, Kenya, West Africans say Tanzania. Diamond yeah. Platinum, my, you know, I'm a fan of Diamond. <laughs> Diamond says <Same>. Tanzania. <laughs> What's your favorite song? <laughs> From him. Um, hmm, I have to think for a second because... <laughs> I've been going off and on from him. I have other Tanzanian artists that I think are top off my list at the moment, but I think he's a great musician. He's a great artist. He is. He definitely yeah. is. Wow. So, okay, you so you were born in Tanzania and now you live in South Africa. You you moved to South Africa after yeah. um, studying. Um, yeah. So, I guess... What probably are the major differences that you've probably noticed in between maybe Tanzania and um, South Africa currently? I think there's quite a lot, just like in cultural ways. But I would say generally, I feel like Tanzania is quite conservative Mm. compared to South Africa. I feel like South Africa is more liberal and it's more, I wouldn't want to say Western. I, I think that's more politically correct. But it's more, it has more exposure and it's more, it's more open-minded and it's less conservative compared to Tanzania. Wow. Um, I would say, you know, when I went to, when I, Dar es Salaam and um, Zanzibar, um, you know, it was quite interesting to me in many ways, right? Um, I think, one of the things that my friends and I observed from Dar es Salaam was there's a mix. There's a big mix of people. And, you know, New York also have a huge mix. And I think for us, that was like, wow, refreshing to see that here is a country in Africa where you're seeing, you know, maybe lighter skinned people, dark skinned people, Muslim, Christian. Well, in our minds, how we are seeing them. Right. And it was just really interesting. But then you get to Zanzibar and, very Muslim country, yeah. right? And yeah. If, and even in that, I didn't feel any way. I literally felt good. I was like, wow, I love this. I actually loved to be around it, right? I didn't feel, yeah. you know, I think sometimes people would, would think, you know, because it's a completely Muslim, well, majority Muslim country, you may feel a little bit out and off, but I didn't. I loved it, actually. So. Yeah. And I also feel like, that's the thing with traveling. When you're going to a different country, you don't expect people to leave and behave how you're from. So it's like mm-hmm. if you're from America, you wouldn't want, I mean, like the standards of living and behaviors, pattern and characters of people in the U.S. shouldn't be the same with Zanzibar. They have All their right. own culture. They have their own ways of living. So I feel like when people, when you travel to these places, it's good to observe these things but then be mindful and respectful to, you know, what you can do, what you can do based on, you know, the people that you're traveling to and how they live and stuff. Wow. That is, that is definitely true. And, and, and where would you say your love for travel began? So my love for travel actually began in South Africa. Maybe that's why I'm not leaving. Wow. <laughs> but before, until high school, I had not get the opportunity or chance to travel. Like mm. I've never, had the if it's never a thing maybe for my family into most 
majority of people in Tanzania to travel for leisure. Like people would travel to go to another state for a funeral or a wedding, but not to travel to explore. Mm-hmm. So when I moved into South Africa, I was studying university in 2018. In 2017, I got the chance to visit a place called Mpumalanga. Like it's three hours, four hours from Johannesburg and Pretoria. Okay. So it's like a very beautiful mountainous area. And it was my first time to travel for leisure, like travel to explore, just travel mm-hmm. to see. I didn't know anybody there. It's not like I was going to a wedding or to a funeral in a way, things I was used to in Tanzania. So when, when I saw that for the first time and I experienced that, that's actually when I even started my content creation journey. And I was like, I think it's important for people to show this a lot and to to pass this culture or this habit for me it was quite relatively new to other people because it was just it was just a new world to me in a way I could say like just to be able to travel for leisure and then from at that point the the uh, travel content that I consumed was from celebrities you know the likes of Diamond. So when Diamond travels, he goes to this like he he flies business class, goes to <laughs> Dubai. You know, it's all about the glam and stuff. But <laughs> when I experience like just mountains in the continent, nature, and it was just so beautiful. And I think from then I just was like, I think I should make this a thing, and I should inspire more people to do it as well. Wow, wow. Listen, John, you just said um, something there that I actually want to dive in a little deeper on. I know we haven't got to the main conversation yet, but you said you, um, the people you used to follow first, obviously most people, they get their inspiration from celebrities. Um, yeah. They get their inspiration from maybe now influences who are also yeah. not normal, the normal people. And yeah. do you think that when people see the likes of celebrity type travel um, or maybe influencers who are traveling business class. And we're not yeah. going against that, right? Like, I mean, yeah. this is great. You know, when we get to that level, enjoy it. But do you yeah. think that it, um, it, 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 it probably leave a stain and make people think that it traveling may not be attainable? I think, I think it does, but I feel like now the community as people who are consuming this, um, this content, I think we're so much entitled into these people's lives in a way like, I mean, influencers, exactly. We're not against them flying business class, saying there's five-star hotels, it's an opportunity. I would take it if I got it. You take it. Everybody would. Yeah. But they're doing what they're doing at their pace. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't, it's not like, they, they're not our parents, you know, in a way. Like, it shouldn't dictate it has influence in a, like it does have influence to a certain point, but us as normal people who consume information, we should also be able to take a step back and say, okay, this person is doing this. This person at 22, you know, there's this unrealistic things on social media now. And I feel like travel yeah. is also one of those industries that plays a huge role. So mm-hmm. it's important for us to also take a step back and say, yes, this influencer did this, but in 100 people you know, how many of these people are living this life? How many people can afford this at a certain amount of age? And we should also understand, which I feel like with social media now, we have variety of content. Mm -hmm. I myself sometimes, I consume so much content, even in the travel space, 
I consume so much content from people. It gives me so much pressure in a way. Mm. You know, I'm just like, am I traveling the right way? Is this the right way to travel? Should I wait for me to travel in a certain style and stuff? But I take a step back and we should all remember we are all on our own lanes, own pace. Because wow. everybody started from somewhere. Even, yeah. I'm sure if that influencer who is now traveling business class was at one point backpacking, right? Yeah. And I feel like we, we, we notice these big things because it's easy for us to feel bad or make, I feel like it's a thing now. I feel like generally we human beings like being victims of reason. So it's like <laughs> when with that, you see it in a way that it makes you victimize yourself or feel bad about yourself compared to just seeing it like, you've never traveled before. Why on earth do you think your first trip, you wanted to be a first class? I mean, it's okay to want things, but, but it's just like, you have never. <laughs> and you're 22 years old, 18. Yeah, exactly. Like you haven't even, you haven't even left your state. You haven't even left a certain region, but now all of a sudden you want to fly first class to Maldives. Just make it make sense. Make Make it makes yeah. <laughs> No, you're so, right. <laughs> wow. So I'm acknowledging that celebrities and influencers have a role they play, but they can only do so much. Wow. We also right. as person we should we should also be able to dictate our life and how we consume content. It's a big wow. problem. Wow, great response. I mean, hopefully all of our listeners definitely listen to this advice because I think that is rich advice to lead you into how you can actually get some of your trips started. And before we go to break, um, I would like to ask you, John, what do you um, miss most about home? I miss food. <laughs> I, think, I think the food is quite different from the food in South Africa and the one in Tanzania. I mean, the street food there, I feel like it's more, because, you know, like, as I said here, it's more, it's also more advanced. So it's like more franchise, like KFC and stuff. I think those are more accessible fast foods compared mm. to Tanzania when we do have KFCs and the like, but there's more street fast food that I rooted within the country. So I think I miss most that. I would say my family, but... I mean, there's Instagram. I can see them. We can FaceTime. So that's all the time, right? That, that, yeah. that is true. I mean, I'll say this. I agree with you. The food in Tanzania is amazing, delicious. I, oh my God. I, I just remember, and you know, there's just a variety of food. I exactly. A variety because what I've recognized and we've talked about this when I talk about the diversity of um, Tanzania, Zanzibar is more so around that Dar es Salaam region, um, you know, Zanzibar. And you actually notice it once you drive into Kenya, into um, Tanzania, because yeah. I came from Kenya to, um, I drove from Kenya to Tanzania and you just started noticing like the curries and just these different flavors. I'm like, wow, you, it just shows you instantly, yeah. even in the mountainous region, the diversity in food. So that is yeah. definitely true. Wow. So guys, we are going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with our guest, Jovinci, um, who is joining us all the way from South Africa, Pretoria, correct? Yes, Pretoria. Pretoria. The, I think that that's the capital of South Africa, right? Yeah. Pretoria, yeah. South Africa. So stay tuned as we continue this conversation.
welcome back. Welcome back again. We have Javinci joining us from Pretoria, South Africa, and we're getting into the main conversation. You know, as I've said before, we want to just, just get our listeners to think a lot more about going to Africa, the continent, and many different countries in Africa. Um, and, you know, these conversations are going to help you probably think about maybe places you may want to visit, how you're going to get there and all of that. But, you know, interestingly, so I, obviously now I have a YouTube channel. Um, now I'm more serious about it. Um, I'm not a big YouTuber like our friend here is, but um, initially, so I started to, <laughs> our friend, yes, our friend right in front of me. Um, but it, when I started, um, for, I, I'm not sure why, how I got into um, content from Africa, but maybe I'm just naturally interested about the motherland. Maybe because I know that's where my people come from, our people from this side of the world, our descendants of the motherland. So maybe I've just naturally been trying to get more content from Africa. Again, I just want to learn more about the motherland. And when I made my first trip to Africa this or well, last year, it was probably one of the most prideful moments in my life, right? Um, but so I literally found... Um, about John Jovinci by watching a content creator who I, you know, just used to follow. I think I used to follow him when he was in China. Um, and he probably did a video in South Africa because I think that's where you guys did that video. What a Mayo. Yeah. Did I say yeah. that? What a Mayo. What a Maya. What a Maya. <laughs> and so he and what a Maya did a video in South Africa. So I want to know, like, how did that connection come about? Like, what was, like, like, how was that probably a significant moment? Was it a significant moment for you? Like, tell us a little bit about it. So it's actually interesting. Actually, <laughs> this is very interesting because when when Wodemaya started creating content about the African continent, I was already creating content about the African continent. And he he was technically a fan. He was a fan. <laughs> he mentioned it himself. So he was a fan of my content. And he consumed my content. He was already big, though, but mm -hmm. popular for making his videos in China. So when yeah. he started making videos in Africa, he reached out instantly to me. I think he DM'd me or emailed me or something. And was like, hey, I really like your content. I like what you're doing, just to appreciate me. And then when he was coming to South Africa, he also texted me. He was like, I'm coming to South Africa. Would be nice. But, and then by that time, he was already like very big now within the continent. So yeah. I was like, yeah, um, I would like us to meet and stuff. And yeah, so we met and it was quite, it was, it was a big thing. It was really, it was a good highlight because I also feel like the collaboration was also highly, because you know, when, when you meet with big YouTubers, there's that thing, for me, I'm very cautious. I'm like, do they think I'm using them? You know, that thing's like, do they, <laughs> do they think, is it genuine? But he was the one who was like, pushing me to make a content who he would he's very i think for people who have met him or people who will be able to meet him in the future they would understand what perspective he's from but he's very he's very into african content creators and pushing yeah. them and wanting everybody to be at the top like he's no one of those people who get keep information or trying mm -hmm. to you know want to be the biggest i think he would love everybody to be big and you know we could have more Wodemeyers and more people on the scale that he is. So he will tell me like, 
please release a video because when you release a video today, I'm going to be able to share it and people are going to come. My followers, he, he told people to subscribe to my channel. And I think again, like 2,000 followers just for that interaction. And I was just like, oh, this is nice. Wow. But yeah, <laughs> so it was, it was nice. No, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I followed that entire journey. I loved it. I mean, I've always been interested in South Africa. I've always been interested in the motherland. Um, and I sh certainly know that through that um, collaboration, a lot more information came out about South Africa, information that just yeah. generally interested a lot of viewers like myself. Um, yeah. But what, so I, I know we're about to get into the next question, but why do you think it is important for... Um, African content creators to probably be um, magnified? I feel like as an African continent, we have been portrayed a certain way with Western media for a very long time. So mm -hmm. I feel like our voices matter. And I feel like if there's any time, this is the right time for us to say our own stories in the way we want them to be told. So I feel like if there's a way for us, because I mean, you know, the Western media says, um, I mean, it says positive things, but majority very questionable things about African continent. So we mm. can not only just stay there and say like, but that's not true, but that's not true. We need to say our truth. What is true? What is true about the African continent? What is this African continent we are talking about? And what is the African continent we want people to talk about and see? So I think it's very important to show, say, sing it, write it in our own words, in our own way, so that the world can see Africa for what it is from our perspective. So I think wow. it's very important. No, wow, that 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 is powerful and that is certainly true. Um, you know, and you're gonna hear this in the podcast with Kelly. We talked a lot about you know the 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 the, the black representation and maybe the American voice as it relates to experiences, black experiences. But I, I would say, you know, when I moved to the U.S. about. 20 years ago, it's probably been a little bit over 20 years now. Um, at that time, I remember, you know, the image and the portrayal of Africa um, or even black people. It, it wasn't even Africa sometimes, because if you were Haitian, you had there was an image about you. Um, yeah. or you you they, they always used to talk about you came on the boat. Now I mean, Jesus, it seems like Africa is this place. It's, it's the spot. Africa, you know, Afrobeats yeah. is there. Um, people now talk about South Africa and all of these places. Um, people are very much more interested in it. And that's why, you know, again, we're doing these conversations. I think that's why you also said you talk, your stories help actually amplify the real image of Africa. Yeah. And so that is pretty important. So in that statement, you've obviously traveled now to how many countries in on the motherland? I've, I've traveled to <clears throat> seven countries. That's seven, yeah. seven countries. Wow. Um, and what are they? Oh, I've been to Mozambique. I've been to Lesotho. I've been to Swaziland. I've been to Namibia. I've been to, I mean, Tanzania and South Africa included. And there's one other. It will come back to me. Wow, listen. Um, so, again, go to his page on YouTube. His, oh, his, Kenya. Kenya. How did I forget Kenya? <laughs> right next to you guys, right? <laughs> listen, you can't forget yeah. Kenya. Um, by the way, do you speak Swahili? Fluently. Oh, okay. So, and I, just I, I, so you know, 
Just so you know, Tanzanians Kiswahili is better than the Kenyans Kiswahili. Listen, I, I heard that in <laughs> I heard that in, in, in Kenya. And let me say this. Oh my God. So so here's an interesting story, right? When I went to Ken, um, Kenya, Tanzania um for the first time last year, that's 2022. And I went on a safari. A lot of things just became real to me when I went to um East Africa. Um I've been yeah. hearing the word, well, I've been hearing the phrase Hakuna Matata for quite some time. Obviously, it's on mm-hmm. Timor and Puma. I loved Timor and Puma. And I thought yeah. it was just a um, just a phrase Disney's using. But yeah. apparently, I mean, in Swahili, it means no worries. And it, it was yeah. so beautiful, right? But I would also say what I got from like my experience there, Kiswahili is a very beautiful and I felt it was kind of romantic in in a sense. Yeah, I I kind of ascribed it to like French. And True. Yes, it was just so like, and I don't want to sound like don't take this in any way for our to our <laughs> listeners who are in other parts of Africa who may like this may qualify too. But you know, generally. You know, in New York, we are we we have a we know a lot. Well, a lot of my friends are from a particular country in Africa, in West Africa. Africa. And, <laughs> and um, what I hear, what I generally hear them speak, it is you know, it could be a little bit rough. You know, sometimes it's quite aggressive. I'm very aggressive. The political. <laughs> yes, very aggressive. And so I don't know if I had ever like wanted to like speak the language because of what I'd heard. But then when I went to Tanzania and I'm hearing the Tanzanians and the Kenyans speaking, I'm like, oh my God, this is just like so nice. Like I Very just feel slow. good. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So we're gonna get you to talk something a little bit <laughs> later on. <laughs> so listen, if y'all have I, I actually grew my interest of learning Kiswahili after going to those countries, but that's a whole other topic. Um, so you've traveled to Mozambique, yeah, um, a country that is honestly on my list. Um, tell us about Mozambique. What did you love about Mozambique? Yeah, just tell us about your experience there. I think it was very... It, oh, I've been there to, for this... Recently, last year, September, was my second time. I was there maybe two years ago or three years before that. And I absolutely love it because, you know, originally I'm from Tanzania and we have the beach, Dar es Salaam, beautiful beaches. So I feel like mm-hmm. Mozambique is one of those places very close to from South Africa and it gives that feel of Tanzania, the beach. And yeah, so I really feel like Mozambique relates very much to Dar es Salaam in a way. Ah, and so so you you think it is it has a closer um affiliation to um Dar es Salaam Tanzania, but do you think it has any associate? How how does um South Africa compare or differ to Mozambique? I think it has less similarities than than the differences. I could be wrong, but just based on my um on my observation i feel it's a little bit it's a little bit different because also they speak portuguese uh which is also i feel like it, it's a whole thing by its own there's like that portuguese culture infused a bit in mozambique people so i think that's different but wow. also just the way just even like the look and the city 
in the people, I think they're quite different, or maybe a bit different from South Africans. I think and they're so more they... laid back, they're more, especially like my comparison based on Pretoria and Johannesburg, where it's like people are busy chasing the bills. I feel like people, they're a little bit relaxed. Like life is not the best, but we're not going to be going up and down, up and down. We're going to take it slow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so you say they speak Portuguese. Um, yeah. Which, so is it majority Portuguese or is there a, a dialect that some people may also speak? I think they have that. And then they have, um, they have their own native language based on where you're from, if you're coming from the north or the south. But majority of people speak Portuguese. And how was that for you? Because um, I, I would say, so this is like the context of my question, right? So yeah. um, this year, 2023, um, so I'm not sure when you're going to listen to this episode, but we, I went to Brazil and I'm going to say to you, Brazil, I loved Brazil, but the language for me was, I think, one of the biggest shocks. And I don't know why that was something like I, I went to Kenya, Tanzania and felt like I got along well, right? Maybe I yeah. didn't, I expected that, but I don't know if maybe I expected that um, Portuguese had some similarities to Spanish and I should be able to somehow get along and it just didn't. And that was just the whole thing. How was probably communicated for you um, to a people who spoke majority Portuguese? Interesting. <laughs> I would say interesting because, you know, like you always have this, you're cautious of when you're going to a country where they speak a complete different language. But there's always that thing at the back of your head. like, but I know English. I can find my way through. But mm-hmm. it's not as easy. The language <laughs> thing is actually a thing. Wow. So wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the easiest, but most places, if you go to like, restaurant you are likely to get people who can speak english you can order and stuff but i feel like you miss to have just a normal um interaction with people to a level that i usually prefer like i usually prefer to talk to the locals and just have normal conversations with them or interact with people like for example you go to a pub and stuff so it's like you're missing those human interaction with the locals which is quite can be quite not a very good thing because I'm a person who likes that. Wow, you're 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 right, and I I think that's what I that's why that, what I didn't like about Brazil. I didn't like yeah. that I was not able to have those human interactions, those human conversations easily. And listen, it's not fault of the people themselves. It's, not at all. You know, it's like. I, I mean, we wish we would be able to learn the language as quickly to talk to them, but it's just a, it just also shows our differences and um, you know how how much we can grow as humans. Maybe innovation need to improve a whole lot quicker so we could easily communicate to people with yeah. different tongues. But it seems like within the Portuguese culture, like when they speak the Portuguese, man, it is they're speaking that Portuguese because <laughs> that's what I got you in Brazil. You catch a phrase, literally. <laughs> You yeah. won't get. You won't even try to think what are they meaning because it's yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that was interesting. Okay, and then so you've obviously traveled to um, Kenya. Um, have you been to um, some of the beach towns in Kenya? Maybe Mombasa, Lamu, Dani. Yeah, I was there in. I, I went to Lamu, then I went. Uh, I took the train to Mombasa, 
spent two nights there, then I went to Diani for a few nights. Okay. It was and, wow. So which 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 you, you said Diani is beautiful. So <laughs> I guess you're which is your probably favorite destination in those beach towns? Uh it's hard to choose, but I'm just gonna give them like the how I'm gonna weigh them. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lamo is very it's very modest and secluded and it's relaxed, it's slow. You won't find any parties happening there. It's like relaxed. And it's just like when you really want to relax, be uh-huh. by the beach, go on a little cruise, just like relax, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Diani and Mombasa, they have the beach, they have the feel. But Mombasa is like, it's like Nairobi in the coast. That's the best way to describe Mombasa. Uh. It's busy. People are moving. Things are okay. happening. The nightlife is wild. So, but you do have the beach, but you don't have the complete calmness that mm. you'd get in Lamo. The Anya, on the other hand, you do have the calmness, mm. but you also have the nightlife and the busy, you know, just the busyness if you want for it. You, you can look for it, but it's not mm. in your face. Like gotcha. the beach is on your face. It's calm. When you go back to your hotel, chances that you're going to be loud music or that are even non existent. <laughs> But really? there are clubs, there are bars, and yeah, so I feel like, I don't know, Lamu, relaxation, Mombasa. Nairobi. <laughs> and Diani. And so, so Diani seems to be that middle, that middle, yeah, like it gives you a little of both. Yeah, okay. Which and is so good. I, yeah, okay, so Diani sounds like a um, draw. Um, so which... I mean, would you say the beaches are the same for all three of those beach towns or which one may have the better beaches? Diani. Definitely Diani. Oh, wow. Okay. So to yeah. our listeners, if you're trying to get best like beaches, then I guess Diani, uh, Diani is the place you need to get to. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. That's helpful. That's really helpful. Um, so next time I'm in that area, I guess I'm going to try to go to Diani. And I actually think one of my friends who were there over the summer, she also went to Diani. And I mean, the pictures were... Yeah, so I mean, pictures, they are beautiful, clear blue water. And oh my God. the sand is white. No, it's a dream. Yeah, wow. Diani is beautiful. But you know what? This is like, I think that's why we want to talk a lot more about Africa. Because I'm telling you, Outside of like a few years ago, the like the, the knowledge of, of of associating Africa to beaches was non-existent. I would no, say no. in in American media, I can't speak about British or um, South American media, but in the media in the United States, it hadn't been common to for us to to know that Africa has beaches. I think the first yeah. time I actually learned about beaches in Africa was when one of my friend who is a major photographer, I think they went to Seychelles or something along that line. And yeah. that's how I started Seychelles. to do the research and found out. I'm like, dang, these beaches are really nice. And then I think I did the research and recognized that East Africa has some amazing beaches, probably some of the best beaches on the, in the world. West Africa may have, you know, some really rough waters I'm recognizing. Yeah. Um, but those differentiations have not, have generally not been made in, in the American media. So that's why I love these conversations, because when you're saying like the beaches in Diani is a dream, to many people here, it's like, oh, I, you're going to Africa for the beach? Yes. Yeah. They got beaches there and beautiful ones. Uh, beautiful <laughs> ones, not just beaches. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. And um, so I know you recently went, well, you went to another African nation, but before we get to that African country that you've gone to, um, did you, okay, so tell us, what was the last African nation that you went to? I was recently in Namibia. I was really? early, early February. Yeah. Okay. You were Pretty in March. Nam- okay. Really this year's moving fast. <laughs> yes. You're in Namibia. <laughs> and so where, to get to Namibia, did you have to connect to any... Well, where, where were you going from, actually? So I was I was coming from South Africa, Johannesburg. So I flew it to two-hour two hour flight. So it's so a two-hour flight, yeah. So it's a two-hour two flight from jo- Joburg. Yeah, Joburg. Okay. And so I guess tell us... Tell us what was what did you like most about Namibia? What what are some things you discovered? Just tell us about that country because I think this is another one that I've seen a lot of videos, um, a lot of Instagram posts, TikToks. Now <laughs> I think it's trending. Namibia yeah. is trending now. Um, you know, I'm seeing those videos of like the um, ocean meeting the desert, like, and yeah. it's so beautiful. Just Tell us about your experience. Uh, it was actually beautiful. I really enjoyed the entire visit. I was mm-hmm. there for 10 days. I, I, did, I visited like three different parts of the country. It's quite a big country, I must say. You need maybe two weeks to properly explore it at its best that mm. you can, because it's quite a big country and things are quite like the national park is on the north and then you have the desert and the coast at the south east southeast i could be wrong around those lines so mm-hmm. it was so beautiful and for me the reason why i went to namibia i've always wanted going to namibia for the most stupid reason alive so basically what is that <laughs> there was one day um there was this beer called vinduk it was introduced okay. in tanzania it was in it's an i think they work hand in hand with heineken oh. so so by that time i wasn't drinking so people would consider that beer like it's like you know those drinks where you drink you white when you want to be pretentious i'm not sure if these are the right words to use but <laughs> it's like a it's just one of those drink when you want to think you're more than average type sure. of drink or beer <laughs> <laughs> so then i found that vinduk is actually a capital city of namibia so mm-hmm. in my head the reason i was like oh i hope one day i'm gonna be able to drink vinduk in vinduk like have the Vinduk Lager in Vinduk. So that was one of the reasons by then. But oh, then wow. later on, I mean, the reason why I really went, I think it's, I'm not trying to make Africans not to visit other continents. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I feel like it's important Listen, to- speak your truth. <laughs> it's, imp- <laughs> it's important to leave, um, it's important for Africans and just generally most people to visit um, the African continent. So in one of the popular destinations among Tanzanians, this is just based on my history, most people, the first country they traveled to is Dubai. Mm. And amongst the building is also the desert. Mm. So, so for me, it was just like, like there's Dubai, but there's also Namibia. How about that? So it was just like to try to show people the alternatives of these destinations where they're one paying so much money, but they're also going out of the continent while they could have these experiences maybe in the continent. Probably won't be the same, but, you know, just it's a, it's a chance to promote these African countries. So I 
really enjoyed Namibia very wow. much. Wow, wow, wow. Yo, you said so much there that I'm like, I'm like, wow, there's there's a lot of gold in what you just said there. Because yeah. what I what I hear is um obviously we need to support our own, one. But two, I the thought just came. Um people obviously and a lot of Americans go to Dubai as well. Europeans yeah. go to Dubai as well. Um, I'm not sure how the desert, the, what is happening there, but is 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 the tourism industry promoted promoting it well that people are not would would learn more about it because Harvard Dubai is has has caught its wave of travelers now. Is Namibia doing that as well? Um, but it, that was a lot and good stuff and great yeah. questions that I think we all need to ask and tackle. Um, but what would you say, um, how how cost effective would a tr- would it be to travel to Nam- Namibia? Is it a, uh, a cheaper country? Is it expensive? Um, yeah, tell us more. So I usually say um, when it comes to budget, I feel like budget is subjective in a way. What you consider cheap to you could be more to another person. But I would say based on like a media, like a normal average traveler who wants to stay in an, just a comfortable, nice double bed, I think it's quite, the prices are quite fair. I think I would mm. say in it, it's quite... Um, it's quite um what do you say it's it's quite an average country it's uh. not expensive it's not it can get expensive they are very amazing expensive lodges by the desert but mm-hmm. they are also like they are also accommodation that can cater to different budgets so i would say i wouldn't say myself i'm i wouldn't i'm a budget traveler but i'm not i'm an extremist budget traveler like i wouldn't go stay in a backpacker with stains just to cut down costs but i'll I wouldn't mind staying in a room that's just small and comfortable bed and that's it. So I think generally is is it's it's travel, you can travel within a good budget. Your means. You don't have to have so much yeah, within your means, yeah. Good, good. But that's also <laughs> one thing I also trying to show people that because there is when Namibia, most people go there with group trips, which I don't have anything against that. Mm. But for me as an individual, I'm not sure. I mean, that might change in the in the future, but group trips can be, I don't know. It's just like you're traveling with new people. You don't, and as a content creator, it's so hard for me to travel with people because there's a time I need to get my picture right. I'm not going <laughs> to leave these dunes until I get my picture right. And you know, like what's a priority to me could not be a priority to them. And they'll be like, but it's just an Instagram picture. I get it for you. But for me, it's a portfolio I'm building. So it's like, it was important for me to travel as a solo traveler there and to show people that you can travel with that. Because Namibia is good to explore when you have a car, right? When you rent yeah. a car. But that could mm-hmm. be quite expensive for a solo individual like myself. Because I think renting a car is like $700 per week. Maybe it's not okay. a lot, but if you're one person, that's quite a strain to have $700 yeah. without even fuel in it. So. Wow. It was that important for me to, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, so I would use, um, I use shuttles, and so there are shuttles which is like I don't know, fifteen dollars, taking you oh. from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, maybe that's a stretch. Maybe thirty dollars. Yeah, but thirty dollar max for, you know, transporting one place to another, where another person would have rented a car and spent seven hundred dollars, but we're all going to the same destination. 
So gotcha. I'm trying to also show there's different options to gotcha. this travel thing. Yeah. And and so you said the the desert, well, the, the national park, the safari area, yeah. that is more probably to the north. Um, yeah. and then more so to the south. So those pictures, those those videos that we're seeing of people, you know, the, the ocean meets the desert. So that's more oh, so the yeah. southern area. Because yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a beautiful. No, that is no, that's amazing. And, and so how how well, did you go there? Because I think I saw that in your video. Yes. So the one the place that I was is there's a road in between, but then there's a point that I didn't get to go because of time, but I guess that's the reason for me to go back. But mm-hmm. there's a place where you need to drive. It's usually operated by tours. It's maybe 70 US dollars. It's like mm-hmm. a half-day tour. So you go to the dunes, and there's a point where like the dunes meet the ocean like straight 70 us dollars yeah oh yo listen yeah okay so yeah let's listen 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 linda linda listen (laughs) you got listen it's 70 dollars that is not expensive Um, for for an excursion where obviously you're getting this dream um shot and dream views $70. So, wow. Okay. So this is actually bringing a lot of perspective into just how traveling to Namibia looks like. And so would you say that um, now, okay, so you said it's two hours from South Africa because I was doing some research earlier and obviously coming from the U.S. would probably be quite expensive. But maybe if we're trying to think about how we can do Namibia right for a traveler coming from the US or the UK or even South America, um, whatever de- destinations in the world, it may make sense to go to South Africa first. Flights may yeah. be cheaper because when I was also looking at flights from South Africa, those flights were literally about, I think, 100 to $200 US dollars max to get yeah. to Namibia. So that's what you would recommend. Yes, I think... For that, I would recommend that unless if you want to do like a tour of the whole entire southern region where you want to do Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, you could do that. But I feel like if flying from Johannesburg is the best idea. Wow. Okay. And I'm wow. sure I haven't done research, but I think it's also the most could be the most affordable option. No. Yeah. Wow. I definitely think. Yeah. Compared to going there directly. Direct, yeah. <laughs> so listen, it's um again as travelers, we we want to employ you to travel smart. And I think this is a smart way to definitely travel. Um, and so I guess the last question for you in this segment would be why should travelers um think about traveling to um the southern part of Africa? So I would say... Or East Africa. Yeah. I would say I'll come back to a point that I made earlier on. Just It will be very general to African continent. But if we just put it on South Africa and East Africa, I think East Africa has beautiful beaches, has diverse um, diverse cultures. As you see in the majority, like in Zanzibar, you can see how it's predominantly Muslims, when you go into the in Dar es Salaam, it's like 50-50 and just like the mix of that. But just like, I think the people, the the food, and just the, because I'll, I'll go on and on to mention about the beautiful things 
about my country or Kenya has. And I don't think <laughs> we'll end this podcast. But I'll just say, overall, it's important to travel Africa. And guys, come to Africa. Wow, wow. We well, do listen. have water and electricity <laughs> and internet. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> listen, listen, demystify the stereotypes, demystify yeah. them all. But yes, listeners, we are uh, about to go to break. Um, this was an amazing segment, amazing points that I'm hoping all of you would have learned something from this conversation. But when we come back from break, we are going to end this conversation um, like we do on all, on all of our podcasts. So stay tuned as we get to the end of this conversation with our friend visiting our podcast from Pretoria, South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome back. Welcome back to the Young Black Travels podcast. Again, I had Javanchi joining us from Pretoria, South Africa. Javanchi is a YouTuber. Um, he is an influencer. Um, he has amazing content. So if you haven't followed him, go ahead and do that. And he'll leave his information for you at the end. He has basically give us, given us a lot of information that I think for travelers who are interested in learning more about Africa and interested in traveling to Africa, I think the information that was dropped, the nuggets that were dropped on this podcast should definitely help you decide on probably choosing a country where to go, Namibia. I mean, I've learned so much. I made 70 something dollars for that safari that I think everybody's now seeing that that Instagram, those Instagram posts on like the ocean meets the desert. Listen, Let's see what this year brings. I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to, maybe I don't fly to South Africa and head to Namibia, but so much, so much we've gleaned from this conversation. Um, but you know, what we usually do on all of our episodes of the Young Black Travels podcast, we literally try to shout out someone who, you know, can lend another perspective to this conversation, a follow of ours, someone who can help you um, decide on where you should go next because they produce content. They, they have pictures. They're just, they're just, you know, useful in, in, in this, our decision-making process. And I, on this podcast episode, we are going to shout out um, a friend of Javanchi, um, a colleague of his, and a fellow African content creator. I mean, I'm looking at his page, and I'm looking at these photos, and I'm like, dang, these are some dope shots. It seems like he's a photographer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so his name is um, Fahad Fouad. It's, it's, on, it's Fahad, F-A-H-A-D, underscore Fouad, F-U-A-D. So go to his page, see his content. You're probably going to get a lot of inspiration from his page. I mean, Africa is beautiful. Look, I mean, I'm looking at his page and I'm just in love with this. I need to get back to the motherland and I need to get back you to do. the motherland. You have to. <laughs> I need to get it's back soon. It is a sign. Listen, it is a sign. Actually, I'm getting back to the motherland in um, May of this year. I'll be oh, going to Nigeria. Going? Nigeria. Ooh. I'll nice. be going to Nigeria. So, um, not the southern part, but to Nigeria and West Africa, right? Um, but you know what? Listen, John, we usually play a game on our podcast. It's called This or That. 
and you know we want you to make a decision and stick to one answer <laughs> and no explanations no we, we, you can give some explanations at the end after you have decided this or that so um you know because sometimes some of these are hard you know like i know when i've played it it's like man how can i i can't make a decision or this is the reason why i made that decision but Let's go. Let's go into it, right? So, this or that, Tanzania okay. or Tanzania or Kenya. This Tanzania. Or that. <laughs> Tanzania <laughs> any day. Oh, well, I, I guess that's easy, right? I, I do love my Kenyan neighbors, <laughs> but home is home. Home is so where Tanzania. the heart is. And that was yeah. easy. Good, good. Um, so, this or that. Namibia or South Africa? Interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with South Africa. Why? Um, I think I think it's just the diversity. I think that South Africa can provide. You know, you have the Cape Town, you have the mountain and the beaches, and then you have the wildlife, and you have Joburg, where it's just like a nice artistic nightlife, street lifestyle, and then you have Stanton, the big skyscrapers giving you, you know, big city vibes. So I feel like the country is very diverse. And we actually have the Kalahari part, which also has, you know, a bit of the desert. So it's, mm. it's interesting. I feel like you have so many options. Namibia is beautiful with it. I mean, you mm-hmm. can compare them because they all beauty in their own ways. In their own if a gun was pointed, South Africa, South Africa. any day. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, so South Africa, the rainbow nation. And so I guess the last one, Mozambique or Namibia? I'm going to say Namibia. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, why? <laughs> The only Portuguese word I can say is obrigado, and I'm not even sure that's correct. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that is, let's listen, the word I've learned this year to obrigado. Um, and it's probably the only one I, I would have known too for the week well, that I was Thank in. you. Oh, hi. Thank you. Thank you, okay. How, yeah. do, you say, how do you even say hi in our Portuguese? I don't know, just wait. <laughs> Listen, I guess the language made you chose um, Namibia. And that goes back to my initial point, right? What I said. I tell you, that Portuguese is difficult. It is, it just yeah. makes things a lot harder. So, just because you know the also other language thing, another time, uh, this is not a country in Africa, I visited France last summer. Um, I was in Mm. Paris and (laughs) I never knew like a language barrier could be such a thing. So I'd rented this scooters or bike and stuff. I already paid, but now I can't navigate to take it out. And I'm calling at the call center. They have like a call help customer care and everybody's speaking French and I'm trying to create, now I'm frustrated because they took my money. All I want is the bike to come out and nobody is able to speak English. And I'm just like, I need only one person in this entire country to speak English so I can get this. Oh, that was so frustrating. No. 
Listen, you guys, I hear you. You guys are learning from the travelers about the frustration of not being able to speak the mother tongue of that nation. It is quite complicated and annoying. I think I had that frustration in Brazil (laughs) when I'm trying to check into the Airbnb. The host speaks... um, Listen, there's nothing wrong with this, but she speaks Portuguese. Um, and so I'm the, the people at the front door speak Portuguese. There's no English and the door is a gated door. And I'm trying to get in. I don't even know what, what to communicate, how to say, ask how quick can I get in. I don't know how I figured it out at the end, but somehow we figured it out and we got in. But yeah, language can be a big barrier, you know? And there's some, yeah. I think some places where it's easier to get by. Because yeah. for whatever reason, it's easier. But this is good. This is good. Um, so I guess the last question for you is, um, t- you've traveled now to a few places and even outside of Africa. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll open it up to the countries that you've even traveled to outside of Africa. And so what would you say is one of the fondest memories that you would have had to date in your adventures? Hmm. So I would say the first one would be just the first time when I started traveling and when I went to Pumalanga here in South Africa. Mm-hmm. But I say the most recent one was when I went when I went to Kenya. Because you know in Tanzania and Kenya we have this, this like we have this feud. Not anything aggressive, but it's just one of those things is Nigerian jollof rice better than Ghanaian jollof rice. So we, <laughs> we always have those things like Tanzanians or Kenyans are better than this. But then they, they, I feel like there's a big misconception amongst Tanzanians that Kenyans are very aggressive. Mm. So when I visited, and it was just so beautiful to to see, like, it's not that deep. I don't know, it was just like, for me, it was just like, like unlearning some of the things I had in mind about Kenyans and Kenya as a country. So mm. I think that was, that was beautiful. It was just like, wow, travel is about unlearning and learning so many things in these two different places. And yeah, so it was interesting. Wow, and so you hadn't been to Kenya, so you hadn't been to Kenya outside of the last time you'd gone? Yeah, it was my first time. Wow, so I, I yeah. asked that to, to, to say like, how often do you think um, Kenyans and Tanzanian like interact with each other? Do you think like a lot of people go back and forth or not? So I think like because you came from you came by road from our, from Kenya, right? From, yeah, from Nairobi yes, to Arusha. Nairobi. Yeah, so I think like the Nairobi and the Arusha people, they mm-hmm. have a little bit of interaction, some exchange, trade, but people not from the border i don't think there's any i don't think i think wow. most people in the country i think they'll think i mean they were from up country they wouldn't think of going to nairobi i think they would want to go to Dar es Salaam because like it's the big city while nairobi is just as well but yeah wow and i listen that statement alone just tells us how important traveling and interacting with different people is because a lot of times when we do travel we start recognizing like we we've had some preconceived notions about other people and other things that maybe if we really interacted with them a lot of things will change so i mean we ask the question what if maybe hence why we do these podcasts and we want more black people and more people to travel 
because maybe traveling around the world could change a lot of the wars that we are seeing because we probably don't understand each other, hence why we are fighting with each other and we're just hearing news that are traveling from one person to the next. And, but we do, we've never really gotten down into the nitty gritty. What, what do you think about that? True. I really feel like it's important. And I feel like just like traveling in general, just there's a way it's, it really exposes your mind to just new ideas, new difference. Because, so for example, I'll just explain in a way when I lived from, when I moved from Tanzania, my thing was that I wanted to just go out of the country. It didn't really, it mattered where, but I knew I just wanted exposure. And it's crazy because when a few days ago, early January, I was in Lesotho, a small country next to South mm-hmm. Africa. And you would see the people there, their minds are closed in a way for them, for them to make it in life is to be in Johannesburg, right? But then when you travel and come to Johannesburg, you're like, maybe this is not the end goal. I want to be in Japan, you know? <laughs> and probably someone's going to be, I want to be in New York. It's just like, it just opens your mind to just so much, um, so much possibilities that life can provide. And wow. yeah, I think it's quite, and unlearning things. So that's what I'm saying. People should come to Africa. We have water, we have electricity, we have Wi-Fi. But you only know if you come. If you come. But you <laughs> but I, I would also say they also have power when the power goes off because that happened in, yeah. in Zanzibar. <laughs> Funniest story. Go back to the podcast with Stella and Anthony and I were out there. Y'all will hear that story because that was hilarious. So but that shouldn't have deterred you from traveling there at all. Yeah. But yeah. you know. Da Vinci, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Your Black Travels podcast. But before we go, can you or would you like to leave your socials for our listeners who may want to connect with you um, to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for having me. This this is my first podcast. It was I thought it was going to be more nervous than this, but conversation. it went very well <laughs> and it was nice. Nice conversation we had. I think it's important to have this conversation amongst us black people and thank you for the platform to, that you gave me to do so um, so yeah please guys follow me on all social media platforms I'm literally everywhere uh, <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe Venti K on Instagram he's everywhere like the air <laughs> YouTube TikTok literally everywhere where there's internet there's some social media platform I'm there so wow. yeah Joe Venti K on all social media platforms and he had, that's that's great branding, right? The same name yeah. everywhere. So yeah. listen, if you want to reach out to Javinci, just connect with him on all social media platforms at Javinci K. And I'll tell you, I'm loving the man's YouTube videos. I am a subscriber. I love it. Um, you know, now I think he has a drone because now I'm seeing drone shots, you know, like I'm like, okay, Javinci. <laughs> Uh, okay, like step this game up, you know. You're seeing the progression in the videos. This is yeah. what life is like. So definitely go check him out on YouTube. I mean, great content, and he's representing Africa the way Africa should be represented. Yeah. So and to yeah. if there's anybody, people who are planning to come into Africa, I do have itineraries that I sell. I help people curate trips for places mm-hmm. I've been because it's easier for me. Because yeah, so they can just reach out to me on social media platforms social and, yeah exactly so listen y'all are trying to get to Namibia 
reach out to the man. I got you. Get the itinerary, right? I'll probably yeah. be reaching out to you when I'm going to Namibia because I need to know where I'm going to go to, right? I'm so, jealous now you're going to Nigeria. Nigeria is one of the countries that I really want to go to Nigeria, <laughs> but the way I want to experience Nigeria, I need to have a lot of money. Like, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to be spraying, <laughs> want to spray. spraying Naira. Well, well, let me tell you, I'm probably going to be spraying because I'm going to a wedding. My best friend, one of my best female friends, oh, she's getting married. And, that's a and dream. We're, we're going to do a podcast on that. I mean, it was a dream to go to Nigeria, but let me also say this. Um, I'm kind of annoyed right now with the process <laughs> to get to Nigeria because I have to go get a visa and I have to leave my visa at the Nigerian embassy. And listen, as an American, I don't yeah. think I'm above anyone. But, <laughs> but you know, kind Are of you like... Are you sure? I, <laughs> I don't. I really don't. But what I would say, based on my experiences over the last few years traveling, I have never left my passport with anyone to get a visa. Generally, it is. Yeah. I apply on... If I'm... Like, when I came to Kenya and Tanzania, I had to just pay online. It was a simple process, easy process. But Nigeria, I have to do it. So that's my little annoyance I, right there. Uh-huh. I really think... I'm not sure. Maybe the Nigerians are just trying to pay back is most I, people are giving restrictions. I, so it's just I think like, that's what it is. That's what it is. But that's I wouldn't think is. Americans would need a visa, to be honest, to go to to go to Nigeria. Listen, we need a visa and we need to show that we have over $1,000 in our bank account. Let that make sense. <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to leave to know if, We need to know if you can afford to live in Nigeria. That's all. I, I'm going to leave America and go back to, go stay in Nigeria. But you know what? It is what it is. Let Nigeria do whatever they want to do. But I need to get that visa process. It's been so difficult that I have kind of been delayed even thinking about it and I need to stop doing that because I could get myself caught up at the end not getting my visa so I need to go apply yeah. like ASAP so I can get this visa and be okay uh, but I'll, pictures will be there videos will be there Javanchi uh, you know we'll be if, watching if, <laughs> one day Nigeria. I'm also gonna go <laughs> <laughs> to Nigeria. Well, that's a whole other conversation because I can't see how Nigeria could be a GB right in Africa. Yeah. Is it expensive to get there? Yeah, quite so, because I don't think there are very much, there many flights, I mean, coming from South Africa, I don't think mm. there, there's a direct flight or so. And also traveling within, like, Africa is well, yes. quite expensive. It's quite a yes. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. They need to get their shit right. But, yeah. <laughs> Great point, great point, great point. Listen, um, we need to be having conversations with these African, the tourism boards, the heads of government, because that shouldn't be a thing, right? It should, travel should not be complicated within Africa. And by the way, last point before we go, one of the books that I've read where that was one of the points in the book was Dead Aid by Sambiza Mayo. And I mean, that book just basically touched on a lot of the issues that Africa is facing, particularly around AIDS. Probably one of the best books that I've re- read so far. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't read that book and you probably want to read, go read that book. It talks about the connectivity of the continent and why it's a problem, and you know how the governments need to work to um, fix that issue. Um, 
But anyway, Javinci, uh, I want to thank you for your time. This was an amazing conversation. We've learned a lot. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have you back to talk about other countries, and hopefully we will connect either on the mother in the motherland or when you get here to the US. Maybe in Nigeria we'll connect sure. uh, because you you're probably going to take a flight. You know. <laughs> so listen, this was great. But before we go, I want to remind our listeners that a Young Black Travels podcast is a listener supported podcast so feel free to go to anchor.fm forward slash young black travelers and you can leave um, a contribution to the young black travels podcast there also feel free to follow us on all of our socials just like you're gonna follow javinci follow us on young black travelers on facebook um, young black travelers blog on instagram yvt blog on twitter and you can simply go to our website youngblacktravelers.com where you can get all of our podcasts and honestly, our podcast episodes on our website have a lot more information, videos, pictures, um, and you can also listen to the podcast there as well. And we want to remind you to continue to be mindful travelers. Continue to keep sanitary practices when you're traveling. You know, COVID is a thing of the, well, it's not quite a thing of the past, but if we want to keep viruses like COVID at bay, we want to let you know that you keep the practices that we've learned throughout that pandemic, hand washing, um, covering your mouth, all of these things, and be mindful in your travels so we can continue to explore our world um, for eternity. Um, so it's goodbye for now. I'm Asher Cunningham and Javinci. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Take care.